Well, I'm sure got quiet mighty early. What's that, eight? Nine, we still got people coming nine, in. The end of eight. <coughs> eight, eight, twenty. Gotcha. Well, Debbie's here. We can start now. That's right. <laughs> here we go. We weren't really waiting on you. We were just kind of waiting on it. Couple minutes, more minutes to tick off the clock. Well, that means you're waiting on me. Don't <laughs> 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 Hey, Ricky, take her outside. Let her get that. Sarah's gonna come in. Is it a lizard? No, it's a praying mantis. A oh, praying mantis. I would freak out. Sarah didn't freak out. She didn't rather than run out the door. She's gonna be right there and eat it now. You didn't eat it? No, I just threw it out. Just yeah. throw it out. Biggie found a praying mantis on a hummingbird feeder. They will kill a hummingbird. That's what I saw. I saw pictures of those things. And yeah. I usually relocate them. I did not relocate these two things. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody ever heard something of spit in your eye and make you blind? That's spit devil. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, no, that's praying mantis. It's a good drug, yeah. Well, what's the difference? Anyway, I don't look at them. Huh? Well, the praying mantis is one of them. They're slightly good, though. The spit devil's a stick-looking thing. Keep them up. Yeah, but you say we got them. a lot of apes. I know somebody had one spit on me. I played with lots of them. Well, let's go ahead and get started so we don't argue about bugs. We have any prayer requests for tonight? I don't see Todd here, but he was he, he was feeling a little better Sunday evening, and uh, he was having a stomach bug. And I I told him uh, his thing about coming. I said, well, you might want to wait. <laughs> and he said, well, I, I said come Wednesday night, but he ain't here, so he must still be may still be having some issues. Yeah. Todd Luba. And I had I tried to call. Uh, Berlin and Don yesterday, but I never did get an answer. Does anybody know anything about them? I hadn't heard anything from them. No. I know they've been home, living at home. Yeah. I, I don't know. You never did call back or anything. I left voicemail. I hope everything's all right with them. Anyone else? Don't forget my dad. He was having pretty bad migraines and had to go get a couple of shots, mostly put him to sleep. He's feeling all right today, but he was really bad yesterday. Bob back from the MD Anderson. He got a, a good report. Bob. God is good. Well, I'm glad of that. What was your first clue he was back? He's sitting right there. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't a minute ago when I was looking around, and all of a sudden there he was. He does that. He disappears just, and disappears. Sneaks right That's in. why we call him Bullet at work. Ah. He was so fast. <coughs> I don't think I've seen that. I got this cane. I don't think that's why they call him Bullet. <laughs> It sounded good. They don't know. <laughs> Anyone else? All right. Well, got somebody else coming. Come on with us. 
Well, I want to know why they called you both now, Bob. <laughs> he says if he tells you, he has to beat you with his club. Hi, y'all. I just got over. Somebody's alarm going off. A couple broke legs, and I was kind of Mitchell and Terry, we're doing prayer requests. Y'all got any prayer requests? Somebody else is going off. I'm fixing to turn mine off. <laughs> I thought I did, but. All right, let's uh, go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Brother uh, Gary, would you leave, please? Most precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of coming together here in your house to worship you, to study your word. We ask you to show us what it is you wish us to learn tonight. We lift up these people that was mentioned tonight for our prayer list and, and just ask for a healing touch on them, Father, and, and whatever else <coughs> they need. We love you, Father. We thank you for your love and devotion. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Happy Bibles. Go ahead and turn to the book of Numbers. Uh, we're still in chapter 9. Eight. 8. Excuse me. Okay. I just now saw the 9. Uh, chapter 8, verse 20 is where we uh, left off. I want to kind of do a recap while y'all are turning there and just to, to, to help you to remember and to see uh, this. Uh, this, uh, this time that we're talking about is they're only a year out of Egypt. And what all God has done in their lives in this prior to this year and this year, how he completely decimated the land of Egypt, how he did all of those, those miracles and plagues and all those things in Egypt. And when the children of Israel left, how they plundered uh, the Egyptian economy and all the stuff that we've seen that they used to build everything came out of Egypt, even the wagons and stuff like that, the animals that they had, and they still have in this, uh, in where we're at now, everything came out of Egypt. How they wandered in the desert for this one year, he brought them to the Red Sea and did the miraculous thing there at the Red Sea, and how he destroyed that army that pursued them uh, all of the miracles that they saw and they've witnessed so far that he's done. He's a cloud by day and fire by night. And he brought them to this location. And now in just a year, he set them up. Uh, he's organized them. He's placed them in an order that he wants them. He's placed himself in the center of their camp. And he's surrounded by them. God has done a lot for them in this one year. Uh, that, that they now remember they had been uh, in Egypt for 430 years and so they had forgotten a lot about uh, about God about because they were slaves they had turned them into slaves in Egypt and so for him to be able to accomplish this in just one year is just well it's only something God could have done and uh, so what we're studying right now is something that's very miraculous whether you know it or not and and the thing I want you to understand from it that God did this so quickly to this people that we don't need to ever give up on people God can convert people and change people 
and 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 put people where he wants them, how he wants them. And they have to be willing. They have to be obedient. Right now they are. Right now they are. Uh, but uh, but it can change when we become disobedient and insolent to God. And so we have to to be uh, aware of all this stuff. So we're going to be uh, finishing up chapter eight tonight. Uh, we talked about uh, how. Uh, the, Moses had been given instruction on how to cleanse the Levites and the, and about the firstborn of the Levites and all the the uh, the uh, different uh, sons of Levi and what they were supposed to do and so now we're going to read about the actual event of the Levites being purified so if somebody would read me verses 20 uh, through 22 please in chapter 8 I will that's a short one <laughs> And Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel did to the Levites according to all that the Lord commanded Moses concerning the Levites. So did the children of Israel unto them. And the Levites were purified, and they washed their clothes. And Aaron offered them as an offering before the Lord. And Aaron made an atonement for them to cleanse them. And after that went the Levites in to do their service for the tabernacle of the congregation before Aaron and before his sons, as the Lord had commanded Moses concerning the Levites. So did they unto them. Okay, so what I want you to, to understand from this short passage, the reason we didn't uh, read all of that is because I want you to, to see that all of the instruction that they have received up until this point is simply instruction. It's something they have been told to do. And like everything else with God, just knowing what to do is not enough. Amen? Amen. It don't mean a single thing to God for you to know what He says. It doesn't mean a single thing to God for you to know what He wants you to do until you actually do it. And until you do it, it doesn't mean anything. And until, if you don't do it, to you it is sin. Amen? So the instruction that he's given to them up, up until now, which is long and drawn out and all the stuff they had to do, how many of you remember any of the instruction for the Levites, what they had to do to be purified? You remember any of it? I think I remember they had to be shaved. They yeah, couldn't they have no hair on their body. All the hair, all the hair had to be taken off. They were sprinkled with water for purification. They had to take their clothes off and wash all, their, wash clothes. all their clothes. Everything had to be done the way he said. Yeah. And, and so this is what we find here now that the Levites are purified and they did uh, to the Levites according to all that the Lord commanded Moses. They couldn't. That's another thing. Not only did they have to do what they were commanded to do, but they had to do all that they were commanded to do. Even burn the hair. All they had to, they had to do every bit of it. Uh, and so they had to do it just the way he said. And, uh, you know, uh, until it's done, it don't count. That's the same way today. You know, we can talk about who we are in Christ. We can talk about being Christian. We can talk about going to church. We can talk about all this stuff. But until you get out there and do what the Lord has commanded us to do as his people, which is to, to, to witness and testify and, and speak to lost people and tell people how and to live a certain life before people, and we're supposed to be a kind and a gentle people. We're supposed to be long-suffering. We're supposed to be patient. We're supposed to be all of these things. And we're supposed to be loving people. 
and we're supposed to be honest people and we're supposed to be truthful and, and co compassion and not in arrogance. So when you put all this stuff together, I, I dare you to write down a list for yourself. Write down a list of everything that you know God wants you to do. Amen? And then do it. That's simple, isn't it? You know what that's going to require of you? For one thing, it's going to require you to know what God wants from you. That means you're going to have to study and read it. For the second thing, it's going to mean that He has to tell you. He's going to have to show you in the Word, and, and, and if you don't write it down, you'll forget it. I can write it down and forget where I put the pad I wrote it on. But the thing about it is we need to know what we need to do, and then it's no good, even with all of that done, it's no good until you actually do what you've written down. Be people of prayer. Be people of His church. Amen. It, it, it's all together. And, and we and a lot of people think, well, as long as I go to church every Sunday and I pay my tithes, I'm going to heaven. Is that true? No. no. <laughs> if you got that attitude, you probably ain't got what it takes to get there. Amen? And so there's other people say, well, I don't never have to go to church and I can serve, serve God off over here by myself and I can just argue with everybody and point fingers and judge everybody. What about them people? Oh, we all quiet now. What about them people? I'll say there's a lot of them. <laughs> Do you think they know what they're doing and no. what they're talking about? No. I worry about that kind of stuff. I don't know about y'all, but I worry about that kind of stuff. I said that Saturday at the little devotional. If a person starts a conversation with you with I think, be careful. That should be another red flag right there that this person thinks he knows what's best and he knows instead of saying the Bible says, you got to be aware of people and that's the first flag that goes off when I talk to somebody. If you, uh, if you look at the Old Testament, especially the major prophets, well, not just the major, the minor too, where Isaiah is constantly says, saying, thus saith the Lord. Right. Or Ezekiel is saying, the Lord said unto me, son of man. And, and he recognized when he heard that, that was God speaking to him. And, and, and all those Old Testament prophets give the Lord the credit for what they're going to say and what they're doing. And they didn't. They weren't making it up. They were hearing it, and writing it down for us. And we have to be careful when we say the Lord told me to do something. You better make sure that's who told you that, because you don't have the right to say He told me to when He didn't. That's blasphemy. Yeah, and a lot of people will twist the words of the Bible to to coincide with their opinion. A lot of times. That's right. And a lot of times we strike out and do what we think's best, and we don't even ask God's opinion. And that's dangerous ground too. There's a lot of stuff. But what I want you to see is that after all of that instruction, now they had to actually do what he told them to do. And once they did what he told them to do, now look in verse 22, then they could do the work that God gave them to do. Not until then, but after everything was done and it was all uh, uh, they were they were purified the way he had given all that instruction to in verse 22 and it said after that went the Levites in to do the service in the tabernacle of the congregation now think about that after all that now they can actually put into practice what God asked them to do to begin with when he gets them ceremonially the way he wants them 
That's why you don't just come into the church and you start, I think I'll do this and strike out and do that. Amen? It's just got to be under the instruction of God because look at all we're looking at here now. He's a God of order. He's placed them in order. He put the tribes in every location where he wanted them to be. And he put his tabernacle where he wanted them. And then he occupied it. Right smack dab in the middle of where they were. And he ain't done yet. He's still got some more ordering to do and some more stuff. So we have to be careful when we decide how the order of God is. We better use the, the, the Bible as our instruction as to the way the order of things is supposed to be. Amen. God is a God of order. And he's a God that requires, he don't ask for, he requires obedience. And he wants us to obey what he's shown us to do. Any questions about that? All right. Now we're going to we're going to show you God's retirement plan. The age limits for service. Now somebody read for me uh, verses 23 through 26, and we'll finish this chapter. The Lord, the Lord spoke to Moses in regard to the Levites. From the 25 years old or more, a man enters the service and the work at the tent of meeting. But at 50 years old, he is to retire from his service and the work and no longer serve. He may assist his brothers to fulfill responsibilities at the tent of meeting, but he must not do the work. This is how you are to deal with the Levites regarding their duties. Okay. So now, do y'all notice anything different in this particular verses here as compared to what we heard earlier about how old the Levites were to be when they started their work? 20 was first to serve in the... 30 was the first one. 30 <coughs> priests that served at 30 to 50. Right. And then here's 25. And then before the serve, serving the, uh, I guess as a soldier or whatever in the temple, it was 20. Yeah. But but for the Levite, the servant of the Levite in chapter 4, it said that he told them to count them 30 and up. Okay, 30 to, and so he says here, 25. Now, what does that tell us? No, no ideas as to why. Because see, people look for stuff like this. Say, well, now I read that here a while back, and it said thirty. Now they've changed their mind to twenty-five. What's going on here? Can't I believe nothing the Bible says? How many of you know what an apprenticeship program is? You ever heard of that? You know what that is? It's where you can't be a journeyman and nothing until you go through a time period of apprenticeship. And uh, in the union, like Brother Sam, you were in the local up here. You're not. Some of you that's been in the local up here or a union, uh, and you do it. I know at the mill, our apprenticeship program was four years. You were nothing but a bona fide servant until you finished that that program. And I always said when we had uh, 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 apprentices, because. They were striving to, and we had rules, and they had to keep up with the rules and do what they were told and learn, and we, we graded them as they went. And so but they were eager to do whatever the journeyman told them to do because they wanted to impress people. And I always said, I want to take some of them home with me because they, they, would, they would do everything you told them to do. And so this, to me, and it don't say this in the scripture, I may be reading this stuff in here, but to me, they wanted to give them this five-year period for these people, and of course here, they're just starting all themselves. And so here they're going to, they're going to have the, because if they're going to retire these guys at 50, okay, now why would they do that? 
I know why. It's hard. What they're doing is the hardest physical labor that that can be done. And it's just tearing up and constantly tearing up and tearing down and hauling. And these, especially those guys that have to tote that stuff on their shoulders. And so the Lord made it where he just didn't wear their bodies slam out before they became useless. So he, he let them quit doing that type. It don't say that they didn't do anything. How many of y'all are retired? Do you still do things? Yeah. Are you busy? Yeah. Are you, do you ever figure out how did I ever have time to work? Well, that's the way these 50-year-olds are going to be. They're still going to have things, a lot of things to do. They're still going to be Levites. They're just not going to be doing the heavy work. Now, Donna and Troy said, now, ain't it got a clue what y'all talking about? Well, you will one of these days. And the Lord will. And so I thought it was a pretty a pretty neat thing that they showed it like this, but the, the thing I want you to notice was here it says 25 years, and I have a feeling that they used these five years to, to make sure they knew, because why? Because this stuff had to be done exactly the way God said. Exactly. Amen? They didn't get to cross journeys. They didn't get to cross journeymen. They didn't, uh, that one, uh, one son, uh, the whatever their names was, I don't even remember their names now, uh, but uh, Gershon was one of them, so he didn't get to, to cross over to what the, what the other ones were doing. They had to do their specific jobs, and they had to be trained exactly how to do those things, and if you remember back there, God laid out a way that he wanted everything done. He even told them what to do with the posts, he told them what to do with all the wrappings, he told them how to take down the the, uh, the, 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 the candlestick and, and, the, and, the, and the labor and every bit of that he told them how to do these things and they had to do it exactly the way he said and if you remember the, the uh, sons of Aaron were the ones that were supposed to take down all of the, the holy things the holiest of holies and all that stuff and so and then we decided that the 300 people that we lost track of in there was probably dedicated to them to do what they said now, we know these are all speculation, but there, there's a reason for all these missing numbers and these changes in numbers because they were still doing the procedure and the work of God, but they were used in different capacities, okay? And God allowed them to do that. All right, any questions about any of this? If you think about it, you know, Jesus didn't even start his ministry until he was 30 years old. Mm -hmm. And that was the reason why, is no one was taken seriously in, in uh, Israel at the time until they were 30 years old. I right. don't care what they were teaching. And, you know, it could be carpentry, it could be pottery, whatever. If they were to be a rabbi in that uh, field, they were not taken seriously until they were 30 years old. And that's right. the same with Jesus. The Son of God had to be 30 years old before he started his ministry. That's right. But he started his apprenticeship way before that. Oh, sure. When he was 12 years old, 12 years he was found in the temple after the Pharisees. And taught the, the, the Pharisees. All right. All right, let's, uh, if there's anyone, not any more, uh, uh, anything else you want to look at or talk about here, let's move on to chapter 9. We're going to be talking about the observing of the Passover the observing of the Passover. Somebody read for me, please, the first five verses. I will. 
Now the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the first month of the second year after they had come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Let the children of Israel keep the Passover at its appointed time. On the fourteenth day of the month at twilight you shall keep it at its appointed time. According to its rites and ceremonial rites you shall keep it. So Moses told the children of Israel that they should keep the Passover. And they kept the Passover on the fourteenth day of the first month at twilight in the wilderness of the Sinai according to all that the Lord commanded Moses. So the children of Israel did. Okay, so somebody explain to me exactly what Passover signifies. What is Passover? There's the blood over the door. Okay, it's in Egypt when they killed the Passover lamb, the night the death angel visited Egypt, and all the firstborn were killed. And what did they what were they required to do? To put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost so that the death angel would know to pass over. Okay, what kind of lamb? It was a, a, a lamb without spot or blemish of the first year. It was a year old lamb without spot or blemish, and it was the first and they had to go out and pick this lamb, had to slay it, and then they put the blood on each side of the doorpost <coughs> and above. And what did that do for them? Okay, they had to be inside, inside. the building yeah. that the blood was on. And once they were inside the building, they were instructed to do what? Stay. Do not come out. Because if you came out, the blood could not protect you or would not protect you. Okay, it required obedience. It required sacrifice. It re and not only that, they went through the other stuff with the food they had to eat. They had to, this lamb that they that they killed and got his blood. They had to eat all of this lamb that they could. Amen. All of it that they could. And what was left over by the next morning, they had to burn it. Okay. They didn't want to eat, there was nothing left of this lamb. And then they had these this this bread they had to do with, that was unleavened because they didn't have time to let the bread rise and cook it that way, so it was a flat wafer that they cooked, and then the, the herbs and stuff that they ate, everything was uh, something they could fix hurriedly. And so now they're fixing to celebrate this for the second time, okay? This is gonna be a tradition in Israel to this day. They still do this, by the way. They've changed it and modified it a little bit, but, uh, but uh, the thing about it is that they still celebrate the Passover, okay? The Passover to the Christian is, is, is symbolic of Jesus Christ and the blood. He is the lamb, the sacrificial lamb that has uh, shed his blood for all mankind. And, and we are under his blood. We are redeemed by his blood. So it's great symbolism here and it's something that God decided that they he wanted them to do from now on there's no end to this that he said he wanted to celebrate this from now on and he did it at the same day in the same month as he did it for them in egypt this is one year later okay and if you remember their time started again when they left egypt that's when they came up with the time now now uh uh so, so this is what he's commanded them to do. And the Bible says, and they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the first month at even uh, in the wilderness of Sinai according to all that the Lord had commanded Moses. 
so did the children of Israel. Now there we go again. He had commanded them, and now they had to put it into action and implement it and do it. Okay? Now, do you get to go to church every Sunday? Just go ahead and go like this. <laughs> Amen. And sometimes you just can't be there, right? Alright? What happens in the Passover if you just can't participate in it? but it's required by God. You think God leaves them people out? Let's read about it. Somebody read for me verses uh, 6 through 14, please. But some of them could not celebrate the Passover on that day because they were ceremonially unclean on account of a dead body. So they came to Moses and Aaron that same day and said to Moses, We have become unclean because of the dead body, but why should we be kept from presenting the Lord's offering with the other Israelites at the appointed time. Moses answered them, Wait until I find out what the Lord commands concerning you. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites, When any of you or your descendants are unclean because of a dead body or are away on a journey, they are, to sit, they are still to celebrate the Lord's Passover, but they are to do it on the 14th day of the second month at twilight. They are to eat a lamb together with unleavened bread and bitter herbs, they must not leave any of it till morning or break any of its bones. When they celebrate the Passover, they must follow all the regulations. But if anyone who is ceremonially clean and not on a journey fails to celebrate the Passover, they must be cut off from their people for not presenting the Lord's offering at the appointed time. And they will bear the consequences of their sin. A foreigner residing among you is also to celebrate the Lord's Passover in accordance with its rules and regulations. You must have the same regulations for both the foreigner and the native born. Okay. So we find out that everybody in that day couldn't attend the Passover celebration on the week that was designated. And the reason, one of them, the, one of the reasons that they gave was because there were some people who had been exposed to a dead body. The dead body caused them to be what? Ceremonial, ceremonially unclean. Now, since this was a one-time-in-a-year celebration and it was required by God that every Israelite participated, this presented a problem for those who were ceremonially unclean at the time that the Passover was going to occur. And so they go to Moses and they wanted to be a part of it. But they couldn't be a part of it because of the laws of God. And so they asked Moses, what are we supposed to do? Now notice what Moses did. <laughs> Stay right here. Don't you go nowhere. Right there. Stay right there. I got to go ask God about this. Now notice he didn't make up a rule. He didn't, he didn't say, well, I understand your dilemma. We're going to make an exception for you. Did he? He didn't. You know why? Because he didn't have the authority to change God's law. He didn't have the authority to change God's commandment. He didn't have the authority to change anything that God said, this is what you'll do. Now listen to me, because you see that going on in every church in America today. Changing what God says. 
Changing what God means. Changing what the rules and the commandments of God. Oh, he didn't really mean that. Amen. God help us. We don't have the authority to change the commandments of God. What is an abomination to God here is still an abomination to God, and we cannot change that. Only God can change that. And so they be still. I'll go ask God. Now remember, Moses is a friend of God. Moses, when he talks to God, God listens to him. Not only does God listen to him, he gives him information then when he needs it. Did y'all notice that about Moses' relationship with God? Don't you wish we all had that relationship? Where do you think he went? He just went and prayed. I don't, I don't know. The Bible don't say where he went. But wherever it was that he usually went to inquire of God, this is where he went. Now remember, they're still at Sinai. Yeah. They're still there. I don't know where he went up on the mountain. I don't know where he went. I don't know where he went to the uh, tent of meeting. That I don't know where he's even still there or not. Because they're supposed to be building the tabernacle in the middle of all this. And so he goes and he inquires of God. And he said, I will inquire of God concerning you. Now God already knew before Moses ever came. He heard all this conversation. God knows these things. Does that stop us from needing to inquire of God? <clears throat> I heard so many people say, well, I don't have to tell God. He already knows. Really? Here we go changing his rules again. God might already know, but he says, I want you to tell me. How many of you ever went to correct your kids and you already knew what they did and you made them tell you what they did? Y'all ever done that? Am I the only mean daddy here? And did you notice how hard it was for the Catherine, does your mama make you tell her when you do wrong? She does. How does that make you feel? Not that tall. You don't like to fess up, do you? I love you. I know. I, I was Catherine one time. And I had to fess up sometimes. And I didn't want to. It sounds awful when you say it, what you've done. What, what you did in a moment that you thought you could justify when you had to tell somebody that knew it was wrong, it sounded wrong. Now think about why God wants us to confess. He wants us to realize from our own lips that what we did was what He didn't want us to do. That's sin. And so he had he 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 knew all this stuff. So he Moses inquired, and and the Lord spoke back to Moses, and he said, "Speak of the uh, unto the children of Israel, say, if any man of you of your posterity shall be unclean by reason of a dead body, or or and he had something, because see sometimes it's just not something like a dead body or sickness or anything." Sometimes we have to go somewhere and do something. So God's going to go ahead and settle this issue now. Now these people right here, they're here. They're, they don't need to go back to Egypt to do nothing. Okay? They, they, they ain't got no place else to go. But he knew that later on, it was going to be an issue when people had businesses and had... You don't think God don't understand when you've got to work? 
You don't think he does? That when you've got to travel, when you've got to be somewhere, or he don't understand what a vacation is, Jesus took a few of them himself. Amen? Amen. And so he says, so, so not only with the dead body, but also if you have to go somewhere afar off, yet he shall keep the Passover unto the Lord. And so this is, what did he tell them to do? Wait till the next month on the same day, on the 14th of the next month, and then they can do their Passover celebration. Now that's pretty good of God, isn't it? He not only gave them a day, but he also gave them an alternate day when something that was justifiable, justifiable interfered with their, their first celebration. Okay? And he, God is merciful and he's understanding and he's just. And he realized that everybody couldn't be there. I mean, we're talking about millions of people here. Okay? Lots of people. And some of them just wasn't going to be able to be there for various reasons. So he made a way for them to do that. But well, I want you to know this. not just a lot of people. We're talking about from then until now. Oh, yeah. Look at now. I mean, yeah. he says do it forever. So he, yeah. he knows the little Jewish guy out there working right now can't, can't quite make it. He, he knows that. I actually did some studying up on this, and if you look in the scripture, he required seven days in the Passover. Did you know they changed that later on, the, the Jewish hierarchy? They call them denominations in Israel, just like we call denominations where churches have branched off away from one another because of disagreements. They have those denominations in Judaism. I didn't know that until I got to looking at this. And, and many of them think that they need eight days now for the celebration, so they change the number of days. Is God pleased with that? I don't know. But I know some of them do it, some of them don't. So I, I looked at I all these things. displeased with six. Huh? I think he'd be more displeased if it was six days. They went down instead yeah, of I figured he would accept an extra day if that's <laughs> what they wanted to do, but if they, they wasn't going to be able to cut the days. But anyway, look, look at this though. So he said, but the man that is clean, the man that is clean. Now he wanted them to understand something. I will tolerate justified excuses, but I will not tolerate because I don't want to. Well, we can talk about church now, can't we? <laughs> Listen to me. You think you really think that God don't want you coming to church? So many people believe that, and that's why churches are struggling the way they are. Do you think people really believe that, or I, that's just what they tell themselves? They've been told themselves. that. They've been told that. When you've got a, 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 a role, a church role, of living people, people who are alive, some churches have got a thousand, and they'll struggle to have a hundred on Sundays, any Sunday. There are churches with, with 150 or 160 that have struggled to have 30 every Sunday. And we come up with every excuse why we won't come. Mm. Now God expects, he, he accepted justifiable excuses. And he didn't allow that. Listen to me, because I'm preaching now. He didn't allow them to tell him what was justifiable. <laughs> 
He told them what was justifiable. And just because I don't want to ain't one of them. Just because you laid out too late on Saturday night ain't one of them. Just because you went to the ballpark and stayed 24 hours the day before ain't one of them. Just because your kids playing uh, this year-round stuff that they play on Sundays, that ain't one of them either. I don't care if you do have church in the dugout. Preach it, brother. It ain't the same thing. <clears throat> Boy, I'm, I'll tell you, if this is recorded, I'm going to hear from this, or Jeremiah is. <laughs> I don't understand how somebody joins a church, they're so excited, and then we never see them again. That church is shut down Sunday for a Super Bowl. There are churches that shut down Sunday for a Super Bowl game. Yep. They'll come to church and not celebrate God and have a Super Bowl party. Is that justifiable to God? They knew the attendance would be low anyway. Mm. Yeah, they knew it was going to be. Isn't that sad? That's sad. Brother Gary, I saw an interview on the internet. A, a guy was interviewing a black, a young black man. He's probably 25, 30. He says, uh, you believe in God? He says, yeah. He says, uh, do you think you're going, do you believe in heaven? Yeah. He said, you think you're going to go? Uh, he said, uh, do you go to church? He said, no, I'm good. <laughs> he said, well, he said, you uh have you ever stolen anything? He said, well, yeah, when I was a kid, see, so, so you're a thief. He said, you think God likes that? And he says, have you ever uh, said God's name in vain? Well, yeah. He said, you think God likes that? And he went down the whole list, you know, and, that, and he says, so you, think, so, so you think that God's happy with you? He said, well, I guess not. <coughs> so, he, so he changed his mind right there. Yeah. And, and so in verse 13, look at what it says. But the man that is clean and is not in the journey and forbeareth or does not keep the Passover. Now look at, the, look at what's going to happen to this guy. <laughs> Even the same soul shall be cut off. And you don't think it don't mean something to God for you to do what he tells you to do? what's quiet in here because see I've been there too I'm going to go ahead and confess to y'all I worked on Sunday when I really didn't have to <coughs> and when that's and I call somebody and say I need somebody to do my Sunday school class do this I got to work that's what I'd tell them if y'all ever done that don't raise your hand I'm going to confess in here <laughs> God help me. God forgive me. Amen. And I was convicted over that. We always are. Yeah. But I was justifying myself. And God didn't justify that. I heard a preacher one time saying that. He said if you was out fishing or doing whatever and your boss called you on the phone and said, I need you down here right now. What, what would you drop to get down there to keep your job? Mm-hmm. Why we won't do that when God calls? Yeah, and we got to remember when we come up with these excuses, God knows the, mm -hmm, the real story. <laughs> you know why? Because He's looking in here, and He knows exactly what's up here. 
And you're not going to fool God. You can fool men and women. You can fool the preacher. You can fool everybody. You can't fool God. How many of you when we were going to school? <coughs> I might be the only one that done this. I'm sure I am. <laughs> and you didn't really want to go to school that day. And you got up to an old moment. I've got the office headache. What are you laughing about, Jeremiah? Have you ever went and turned the cook stove on, stuck your head up there like this, or you get good and hot, mama, I think I'm burning up. Am I the only one ever done anything like that? Brother, back in, <laughs> back in the day, they used to take Look at Terry back there. She's going, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> I mean, my head was hot. Woo! He's burning up. Back in the day, they used to take the temperature under your arm. You could get a bar of soap put on there. Mm -hmm. And leave it for just a little bit and then go tell mom, I think I got a temperature. <laughs> it's gonna show a very hot area. Caustic, <laughs> caustic and skin react, don't it? <laughs> Amen. God punished you, you'd have had more hair if you hadn't put your face over that stove. I guarantee you. Well, you, had to, you had to be good at it, boy. You didn't want to get down with squint your eyebrows or you caught red hand. <laughs> Catherine, are you listening to this? Okay. Maybe I, already took it. Maybe I shouldn't confess anymore. <laughs> God, 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 you ain't fooling God. You ain't gonna fool God. You might fool the thermometer. You might fool Mama. You might fool Daddy. You might fool the church. You might fool everybody. You're not gonna fool God. I must have been a dummy because I didn't know y'all's tricks. <laughs> I, now I might say that I was sick, you know, and I did that when I was a little kid about going to church, mm -hmm. you know, and they finally got wise to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What made what made me mad is when I told them and they would let me stay home from school and then they make me stay in the bed all day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they ain't got well backfiring, don't they? Mm -hmm. Amen. And so God says. He's going to be cut off if he does this to me. These people knew God. They had, they were following God still. They were seeing, they were seeing a physical image of him in a cloud and fire. They were seeing him, and yet they were still trying to lie to him. They were still trying to disobey him. We do that today. Listen to me. We don't have the cloud and we don't have the fire. He's in here. And we still try to do him that way. God help us. God help us to realize that he, Jesus Christ said, when Peter made that recognition of him. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Christ got so excited and he said, on this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell ain't going to prevail against it. <coughs> he was fixing to die to give us this church. He was fixing to die to give us our salvation. He was fixing to die to cleanse us of our sins. He was fixing to die so that we could be saved. 
And the church is a place where the body meets. It's a place where we come together as Him. As His hands and in His feet and His ears and His mouth. And we are to cherish the time here. But we, we like entertainment better. That's why so many churches have to entertain or people won't come. Boy, I'm really getting nosy now, ain't I? There's nothing wrong with the celebration of God. There's nothing wrong with the worship of God. There's nothing wrong with singing and using your talents and your gifts to the glory of God. But it don't negate singular worship. We are all required to worship God. Amen. You know, you said we don't have the fire and we don't have the cloud, but it's in here. That's where we got the Holy Spirit. And and even if you make up something like that and say, well, I'm go fishing during church, he's talking to you. <laughs> he is. He you don't get away with it. <laughs> no, you don't get away with it. And we don't need to try to suppress. <coughs> read something on Facebook, it's been months ago, that said it's time to turn the stages back to altars instead of concert stages. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with having a good, like we did that couple of Sundays ago, that was wonderful. There was tears, there was, there was prayer, there was celebration, that's okay. But we were worshiping God. We, but when you, when you have to do it to draw people, I mean, it's okay to draw people, but for the purpose is not to hear good singing and raise enough money to pay the singers. <laughs> the purpose is is to win the loss to Christ. And that should be our purpose in everything. And that's, that is the type that God honors. He knows the purpose, and He knows the reasoning behind it. And it ain't to fill the pews with people. It's to fill the pews with saved people. There's a big difference, isn't it? Yep. There's a lot of people who go to church and ain't saved. The Lord bears that out in Matthew when he talks about there's going to be people come up to us and man, we cast out devils in your name. Man, we, we, we laid our hands on the sick in your name and they were healed and I don't know who you are. We need people in the church that are saved people. And the ones that aren't saved need to be seeking to be saved. Yep. Amen. And then look at this. And he said, he adds the stranger. I like this part. He adds the stranger in verse 14. He said, now there's, if there's any strangers among you and he wants to keep the Passover, what's he do? Let him. Let him. What, what's the requirement of them? The right of the Passover, it says. That they, they do as you do. And they shall have one ordinance both for the stranger and for him that was born in the land. Now what's that a picture of right there? Now think about this. The stranger that's not necessarily a Jew. If they come in and want to worship the Lord with the Jewish people, he allowed it. They had to meet the same requirements that the Jew did. He said there's only one ordinance. Listen to him. One for the stranger and for the Jew. What is that picture of? Jesus Christ. When he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And what else did he say after that? 
No man comes to the Father except by me. We still have one ordinance. We still only have one way for the Jew or for the Gentile. Just one. Or over Winfrey. <laughs> Not over. Oh, well, it's, uh, yeah, she got the same ordinance we got. She said there was a bunch of ways to have that. That's right. She yeah. yeah. got it down to eight ways. Yeah, he said eight ways she got there. Yeah, there's not. <laughs> there's not. There's only one way for the Muslim. And it ain't from Muhammad. That's right. There's only one way for the, what's the one of the other ones? Buddhists. Buddhists. Hindus. Hindus. The Hindus. There ain't nobody coming back as a cow or a cobra. Oh. There's only one way. And it's Jesus Christ. There's only one ordinance. It's been that way from the get-go. And it's still that way today. Only one way. Amen. You know how close we're getting? There are three buildings in the UAE right now that is for the one world religion. It's going to be opening next year. It is one building for the, the, uh, the Jews. One building for the Arabs, one building for the Christians. Only it, the UAE is against the law to show the cross. So they cannot put the cross up on the building, and they cannot say that Jesus is the only way. So, but this is all approved by Pope Francis. Yeah, I saw that. So, but Pope Francis ain't God. No, he's not. And he has no right, just like Moses had no right, to change the law of God, or the word of God, or the design of God, or the salvation of God, or the method of God. Nobody has that. We gotta keep saying that. Yeah. And no matter what the world organization says, or Oprah, <laughs> right. she carries a lot more clout in hell than she does in heaven, I can tell you that. And I can say that and mean it. Anybody that would say what she said is 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 a disciple of the devil, not Jesus Christ. And her position with that many people watching, yeah. I don't know what she said because I don't watch her. I don't either. But, but anyway, I, I do. Said I didn't know what she said. Kind of makes my face turn But there's only one way. There's one ordinance, both for the stranger and for the him that was born in the land. Think about that and remember that. Let's go ahead and do verses uh, 15 and 16 and then we'll close. Now somebody read that for me too. Brother Sam, see there was another two, two, two one here. I'll read it. Okay. <laughs> and on the day that the tabernacle was reared up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, namely the tent of the testimony. And in the evening, there was, there was upon the tabernacle, as it were, the appearance of fire until the morning. So it was always. The cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. Okay, so now the, the, the cloud and the fire appeared and on, on, during the daytime, what did they see? The cloud. At nighttime, what did they see? <laughs> Notice here it says the appearance of fire. <clears throat> now, let's go all the way back to Moses encounter with the burning bush. Moses could only 
expressed himself by saying the bush was on fire, but it didn't burn. Amen? So it was the appearance of fire, but not fire as we know it. It was a miraculous fire from God. And so Moses had experienced the fire that didn't consume, and now he was seeing the fire that was not the fire, but appeared as fire there. How did John the Baptist say, Jesus, what effect does Jesus have on us? He will baptize us with something what? The Holy Ghost and fire. Now what is that symbolic of? It's the fire that has the appearance of fire that puts out light. Don't know if it puts out heat or not. And that Moses didn't say we're hot or not. But it's something that's visible. The Spirit's not visible. But the fire of the Spirit is, what, is an outward expression of who is in you. That's what the fire of the Holy Ghost is. It don't mean that we're on fire and we're screaming, hollering, running around, kicking, bust the buildings down, run through walls and do all that stuff. It means people's going to see God in you. They're going to see the appearance of fire. Amen. Isn't that pretty? And this is the same thing he did in the tabernacle. This is a picture of the spirits indwelling in us. The cloud by day, the fire by night. We're both passive. Remember, remember what he said? He said, I need you to be as, what's the, what was the way he put it? About the dove and the serpent. I need you to put his, uh, be as uh, gentle as a dove and as wise as the serpent. That's cloud and fire. That, <laughs> that we are that way. And this is the way he presented himself on the day the tabernacle was reared, raised up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, namely the tent of testimony, and at evening there was upon the tabernacle, as it were, the appearance of fire until the morning, until the morning. So it was always. I like that part too, don't you? Always. The cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. When the Lord inhabits us, because see, we're his tabernacle now. We're his tabernacle. How long? Always. <laughs> Always. He's here. Once he comes in, he's here. We don't, get, we don't get to tell him what to do. He's here. It's his tabernacle now. We belong to him. That's why the Bible says we're bought with a price. We're not our own anymore. Because he's purchased us and he set his dwelling up in us. Do we get dirty? Yep. Do we have to clean? Yep. We got a sweet mop dust. <laughs> we get dirty dishes piled up in here. We have to wash them too. It's up to us to keep it clean, our tabernacle clean. But he's there. Always. I like that, don't you? Make you feel good, don't you? Knowing he's here. My part is to make sure 
is clean for him. Is he worth cleaning up for? How many of you have a mother that kept a spotless house? If you didn't, don't, don't be worried about that. How many of you had kids running around and you just got through cleaning the house and your husband starts running in and out and the kids running in and out and they things up and you look back and you're perfectly spotless clean house. <laughs> Looks like a tornado just went through it. How many of y'all ever experienced that? Ladies, how many of y'all ever the boy we got thumbs up coming up everywhere? What'd you do? You know what you did? You cleaned it up again. For reasons. You didn't want somebody else coming into your house and saying it dirty for one thing, but you cleaned it up because you loved your family and you didn't want to live in a thick pen. We need to clean our tabernacle because we love our God that lives there. And we need to clean it regularly. My mama cleaned her house every day. Amen? We didn't have nothing. We had those screens on the wall. Brother Don, that were, I kid, been a kid and got mad and kicked and the screens were busted out and fly just coming in and out at will. But she kept that house clean. You could eat off her floors. I knew people didn't have running water. And they cleaned that house every day. Linoleum back here, but listen to me. God knows we ain't perfect, but we can keep our house clean. Brother, there were, <clears throat> there were a lot of unspoken rules back in those days. <laughs> I hear and I see parents today, I don't know what I'm going to do with these kids. They won't pick the toys up, they leave them out. <laughs> you didn't do that but one time in my daddy's house, there wouldn't be no toys. <laughs> so that was pretty, pretty strict, but it made it got a point across. Yeah. I knew every time I got through, put that back where it belonged and don't leave it out because it's going in the trash and daddy found it. So, and that was pretty hard, but now that I understand, it taught me a lot about you just don't do it. They got their rules, it's their house. You do it their way. Amen. And that's why the Lord left us all this word here to show us too what he required from his physical tabernacle that was in the wilderness and later his temple that was in Jerusalem and who we are is that tabernacle and that temple and what he required of that place just think what he requires of this place the same keep it clean would you stand please Thank you for being here tonight. I hope that this has been a somewhat enlightening to you. It's interesting, brother. It is. When you, when you look at it, not just from something that happened a long time ago, but from something that's supposed to be happening even today, that the instruction was given that long ago for who we are today. Isn't it wonderful that you can see that in Scripture? Mm -hmm. And I hope when you study the Scripture and you get bored in the Old Testament as you start thinking about what you're looking at and what it's talking about is showing us the day that's coming when all this would be fulfilled in, a, in us. What a, what a God, what a God.
He knows the end from the beginning. That's why they call him the Alpha and the Omega. He was back then. He's still here now. He'll be here when this place is gone. Amen. He'll still be. And we'll be with him. Amen. Blood uh, Can I meet with the nominating committee for about five minutes? Just run into the. She wants to meet with the nominating committee and the ones that get her all of them here for about five I'll minutes. Be Okay. So I'll, I'll come. Okay. All right. Let's <coughs> word of prayer and uh, and uh, you can be uh, dismissed, Brother Jeremiah. Would you pray for us, please? Dear Heavenly Father, we just give thanks that we're able to gather here today in Your name, learn about You, Your ways, Lord. As we uh, prepare to depart here, I just ask that You keep us all safe and we're able to get back at the end of the week. Learn more about you. Lord, I lift up all those that were mentioned earlier that need prayers, need the healing. May your will be done. In your name, amen. Amen. amen.